Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. In 2012, uh, I spent a couple weeks in Seoul, Korea. And it was, it was part of my, my, my seminary training. Um, one of the things we did is we took a class and we traveled to a partner seminary, seminary I almost said cemetery, seminary in a different country um, to examine how Christianity is practiced in that culture. And every other year, the, 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 this, you know, the class would go to a different nation and they studied how faith formed there. Um, and in 2012, it just happened to be that the, uh, the class was focused on Korean expressions of Christianity. Um, you know, which is you know very personal to me because I was born there. I lived there till I was four, but I didn't come to faith there. And um, one of the huge things that makes Korean Christianity a little bit different, one of their unique cultural expressions, is um, their prayer practices. Uh, and they, they have four types of prayer prayer meetings. Um, they do early morning prayer, which is early in the morning. Um, and, and that's like every weekday. And then there's a Wednesday night prayer meeting. And then there's a Friday night, all night prayer. And then there's a mountain prayer retreats where you go up into the mountains and you pray. And, and there's a history to each of those prayer times, like um, how the, they developed um, and, and, and you know the background to each of those. And the thing is, these aren't really structured prayer times. It's not like there's like a real leader or format. Um, there might be a devotion or opening prayer but that's it. Um, it's not a time for uh, the church to pray. Um, like what we just did, you know, how we ask for prayer requests and one person prays. Um, it's not like that. It's a time for each person to individually pray for whatever they have to pray for. And so instead of each person, you know, coming forward to, you know, pray one at a time or having a time for people to share prayer requests um, like we do, in, in the Korean church during these prayer times, Every person would pray at the same time, out loud. And they're all praying their own prayers. Um, and and it, it sounds somewhat chaotic, and it is. It, it, it's totally chaotic. Um, but like I said, it's not a time for a corporate message or prophetic word to the people or anything like that. Um, so that would be a regular uh, church service. And so they, they're actually pretty orderly about that. They, they, you know, leaving those Pauline you know, rules to be orderly. Those, the prayer meetings are outside of that dynamic. And so when uh, my class went to create a study and participate in the life of seminary students, uh, we, we had to do those things too. And so we'd go to early morning prayer every day. It started at 5.30, every morning. And, uh, and we'd have to go dressed up in suits. Um, well, the men had to dress up in suits, the women had to wear dresses. Um, because the culture was more formal there and, and future pastors were expe- expected to dress up. And so we'd go, we'd dress up in our suits, and at 5.30 in the morning, we would pray. And, and like I said, everybody's praying at the same time. So it's loud, like really loud. And like really, really loud. Like some people are, are like yelling at the top of their lungs. And I asked one of the local seminary professors, like, why? Why do you do this? Like, it's so loud. And he said, it's really easy to not believe in your prayers if they're all in your head. So how do you know if you're really praying or just thinking or daydreaming? How do you know what you're, what you're doing? 
if it's all just stuck in your head? How can your prayer have any power if you don't actually express your prayers? Um, and I was like, oh, okay, that makes some sense, but, but why so loud? Why, why are people like yelling and stuff? And he said, well, you know, like any, any physical expression of faith, it can be exploited. And it is. People exploit it. They do things for show um, to seem more holy. But the idea behind it is good. Because when you yell, when you're yelling, all other thoughts are just shoved right out of your brain. But what you're yelling. Okay? If Try it sometimes. Try yelling and thinking something else. It's really, really hard. When you're yelling, you mean what you're saying. And so when you're fervently praying, like, you can start to yell, right? It focuses your words. It, that means you're really getting into it. Um, sometimes you're not even aware that you're yelling. And uh, so that's what these prayer times are like. Very loud, some people just yelling, some people are just talking. And there, there's no real set end time to the prayers. People just kind of leave when they're done praying because it's not, like I said, it's not like a, a corporate prayer time. It's an individual prayer time just done corporately, which is kind of different. And uh, most people kind of stay for an hour or so, but sometimes it's two or three hours. It just kind of goes until people are done praying. Now, um, so we had to do this, but there was no, like I said, there's no end time. So people would just leave when they're done praying. And so most people would kind of leave after 30 or 40 minutes because that's a long time to pray um, for us. Um, so they, like I said, because of their prayer traditions and stuff, they, they're used to praying for a lot longer. But 30 or 40 minutes, most of my classmates and I, we tapped out. We're done. Um, but I really wanted to have like a special experience. You know, I'm, I'm in the land of my birth. Like, I'm around my people, we're all praying. So I, I wanted to kind of experience it. So I, so I stayed and I tried to pray. And, uh, you know, and I tried to pray out loud, but it really seemed like I was just forcing it. Like, because I, I was uncomfortable, it was weird, right? I was too self-conscious, I'd worried people could hear me, even though everybody's speaking a different language than me, I'm still worried that everybody's gonna be listening to me and what I'm saying. Um, and so I'd just kind of like murmur my prayers. I'd say it out loud, just kind of like this, you know, just really quietly. And, uh, and so I was technically doing it out loud, but barely above a whisper. But then about four or five days into the trip, um, I, I, was, I was at morning prayer and I was really like, uh, I was like frustrated, like, God, I'm waking up really early so that you could talk to me and I get some really mystical, magical experience, Jesus. Like, what's going on? And... I was like, ah, I don't know, I think I'm done. And then um, the pianist, there was always a pianist or a guitarist that would just kind of like play accompaniment um, during that time. And the, the pianist started to play Shine Jesus Shine, which is why we sang that song. Um, and it took me back to the first time I went to church as a Christian. Uh, I, I met Jesus, right, on March 1st, 1991. Um, so right down the road at the Pacific or at the uh, Performing Arts Center and March 3rd right two days later was the first time that I ever went to church like as a, as a Christian and it was a good experience even though I was self-conscious but there was some special music played during the offering um, and uh, these two little girls sisters Stephanie and Melody Jeffers they're probably eight or six at the time they sang Shine Jesus Shine and anyway, so I'm in Korea and I'm trying to have this like prayer experience and it's not working and I'm tired 
Um, I'm probably sleep deprived. And uh, but the pianist starts playing "Shine Jesus Shine," and it's like I was like transported back to the '90s, and all the feelings that I had when Jesus first rescued me, and I first felt God's love and for God's forgiveness and healing and everything. It, it just it just like welled up inside of me. And I just started bawling. And before I knew it, I was praying out loud and freely, unselfconsciously, and I was yelling and everything. It was like, it was so cool. It was like, I was doing it. And um, I did ask my friend, like, hey, did you hear me? Because I was next to him. And he's like, no, 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 nobody could understand you. You're too loud. And uh, so, but it was a moment of grace. It was a gift. And I prayed like I'd never prayed before. And, and, and I've really, like, I've, I've hardly prayed since like that. You know, it was just something special for that moment. And, and that's one of the reasons why, why I chose for us to sing Shine Jesus Shine this morning. Because I wanted to share that part of my story with you. Because sometimes when we're trying our best to be faithful, and sometimes you try your best to reflect God's goodness and holiness, and, and nothing seems to happen. Things just kind of feel like they're stuck. Um, and, and you're like, I want fireworks, God. Why can't I have fireworks? Um, and you want special moments of God's power and, and God just to show up and be real and, and nothing seems like it happens but hold on keep going something could be right around the corner where you don't expect it I didn't expect to be thousands of miles away from my home in a different culture to hear a song from when I first came to know Jesus but that's what God gave me you never know when Jesus is going to show up um, as uh, C.S. Lewis says, he is not a tame lion. Okay? You never know when God's going to show up. He's never forgiven you, forgotten you or abandoned you. Um, we are at the end of our series, Bless, about being a blessing in a world of curses. Uh, because we're called to carry the blessings of Christ in our neighborhoods and in our cities. We're called to be ambassadors of God's love and grace and goodness. And we don't do this with agendas. We don't, we don't turn people into projects. We do this because we, this is what we've been called to do. And because we love as Christ loves without prejudice or reservation. And, and BLESS is an acronym with each um, letter standing for something. B begins with prayer, right? That's the way everything starts. And we ask for opportunities to be a blessing. We pray for the, the people that we love so that we can be a blessing to them. Next is L listen with care. We listen to people's stories. We pay attention to their needs. We listen with care. Next is E. Eat together. You share life. right? You invite people into your life and you accept people's invitations into theirs. right? Joining with them and living. Next is serve and love. Serve. Help out. Not out of obligation, but because you have a relationship with that person. And that's what friends do is they help one another, they serve one another, help one another out. But now we're on the last S, which is share your story. Tell people about your life, um, what you think, how you came to be where you are today. And hopefully uh, you've earned the right to speak into one another's lives by this point. And once again, this is not about results, okay? This isn't about getting our friends and neighbors to accept Christ in their hearts and to be born again. It's not an evangelism program. Yes, of course we want our friends and neighbors to know Jesus. But we want to be a blessing.
and you are a blessing. And you have a blessing. You have a story to share. You have your own God stories. And if you don't share your God stories, then you're not being faithful to the relationship because you're withholding part of who you are in that friendship. Yes, you should invite your friends to church, and yes, you should share the gospel with them. But your your faith stories, they should just be a natural part of who you are, how God's been at work in your life. And you, so, like, you cannot know who I am unless you know how much God is a part of my life. That's just who I am. And, and this is one of the reasons why I tell so many stories about my life. You know, I tell a lot of stories up here about things that happen. And it's not because I feel like I have a special anointed life where God's been, like, doing mystical, magical things with me all my life. Um, but I want you to know, to know me. To, and to really know me. And I want you to see how Jesus has always been a part of my identity. And all of my thoughts and all of my experiences are filtered through that lens of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is my lens. How I see things and how I experience things. And I want you to know that Jesus is your lens or can be your lens. Okay? Things happen for a reason. And you can understand who you are in the light of Christ. Because if you confess Jesus as Lord, then Jesus is the prism through which you see and hear and know everything. He mediates our presence in this world. That's why I tell stories. So I'm just showing you, like, hey, this is what God's done in my life. So you might know, not so that I, I look good, but so you might know God's working through your life that way too. You might not always realize it, but he is. You might not have developed eyes to see that. You might have to train yourself to look at things that way, but God is working that way in you. So, this is a really long introduction. <laughs> now, I only have seven parts to go. Um, I was actually at a sermon, and he preached for 45 minutes, and I said, okay, I have seven things really quick. And he gave me his seven things next. It was amazing. Um, but I only have three things. Um, we're going to look at the beginning of First John. Uh, so First John. And um, so let's, let's go ahead and re- start reading it. First John chapter 1. And we'll read the first four verses. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. We proclaim it to you, the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Um, now, this is just the intro. And uh, we actually looked at this about six months ago, but um, we kind of rushed past the intro. And so I wanted to spend a little bit of time just on the intro. Uh, now, uh, this was written by the Apostle John. And he starts it like, much like he started the Gospel of John, which was, um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God and was God. Um, both First John and the Gospel of John both make it clear that everything starts with Jesus. Everything starts with Jesus. Now the Gospel, John, he starts with Jesus in creation. But in First John, he's a little bit more limited in scope. 
John explains that he's speaking from his own experiences with Jesus and his Jesus story, right? Verse 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Everything he knows, he got from hearing Jesus, from seeing Jesus, from touching Jesus. Everything else that John is going to share comes from his personal interaction with Jesus. That's what John proclaims concerning the word of life. What he has learned from his experience with Jesus. Because everyone that follows Jesus has a story, a Jesus stories. There was a time when I didn't know Jesus, and then seeming out of nowhere, bam, Jesus shows up. And now I know everything, like differently. Now I don't know everything, but I know everything differently. Uh, growing up, I didn't know Jesus. I was broken, I was lost, I was abandoned, often abused, abused as a teenager. And my friend, when I was 15 years old, he invited me to spend the night, play Shadowrun and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, and uh, to, to uh, role-playing games, and uh, he hoodwinked me. He lied. We were going to play those things, but he really took me to a Youth for Christ concert um, at the Performing Arts Center, um, and I heard about Christ's love and sacrifice for my sins. I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, and it changed the entire trajectory of my life. But now, even whenever I look back to my life before I knew Christ, I could still see how Christ was at work, how God was preparing me to know him, and he was protecting me even then. If you follow Christ, you have a story too. Maybe it wasn't dramatic or sudden, like, like mine, but sometimes um, maybe your story might even start with your parents, right? How they came to know Christ and how they modeled Jesus to you so that when you were ready, you could follow him on your own. Maybe that's your story, but you have a Jesus story. Or maybe you thought you knew Jesus, but the more you got to know him, you realized you didn't really know him at all. And that's a common story, right? Um, and really, we should all have those experiences, right, with Jesus, where we, we find out, whoa, Jesus is always revealing himself to be bigger and wilder than we thought, right? He's not a tame lion. Um, I love, so, I love that. Okay, moving on to the second verse. The, the life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Um, Christ appeared to John for him to testify to it, for him to declare this is what happened. When Jesus chose the disciples, um, well, he told um, the, the fishermen that they were going to be fishers of men. That is to say, they were going to share what they've experienced with the world. They were going to share what they learned with other people so that those people uh, would be able to testify to the goodness of God. God wants God's goodness to be known. All right? um, his loving kindness is not meant to be a secret. However we we're blessed, it's not just for us. God's blessings are meant to be shared. They're meant to be passed along. And so all of us have a responsibility to share the story of what God has done in our life. And no, like I said before, this is not an evangelism tactic. This is sharing life. Okay, this is letting people know the deepest, holiest parts of you. Okay, how the creator of the universe came to be known by you. How everything changed because of it. And if it sounds canned or fake when you're sharing it, maybe you're faking it. Maybe you need to think about that. Why does this sound fake? Be as real as your life. Be as real as your real life. Share what you've seen, what you've experienced, what you've learned. Right? The Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to Romans, um, verse 120, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. 
many of us have experienced God's love. Many of us have experiences with God's grace. And maybe it was something miraculous you can't explain, or maybe it was an overwhelming emotional experience. Sure, God uses those. Maybe it was something that just clicked in your brain. I'm, I'm talking about Lewis a lot. I've been kind of on this Lewis kick lately. But C.S. Lewis, he wrote that, um, you know, he, he, he finally agreed that, okay, there is a God. He was an atheist. He believed that, then he came to faith that, okay, there is a God, so he became a deist. But then he was on a car ride with his brother. And he said, when he got into the car, he didn't believe in Jesus. When he got out of the car, he believed. Like, something just clicked. It wasn't anything that his brother said. He was just kind of daydreaming and thinking along. And something clicked. It was like a light bulb went off in his head. And he believed in Jesus. But whatever or however Christ comes to you, right? It's meant to be shared. It's meant to be given. And let's continue on with verses 3 and 4. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. I love how John closes that introduction. He wants his readers to know Jesus because he wants to have fellowship with them. Right? Ultimately, this is why we share our Jesus stories, because we love people and want to bless them. We want them to know the goodness of love of Jesus Christ. We want them to be our forever friends, right? Our brothers and sisters in Christ, our forever friends. And that's what this whole series has been about. Um, how to bless those around you so that they might know what you have seen and what you have heard and what you have felt. That they might know that God is good and is for them. And I, I hope that the, these things have been a blessing for you. Because I've enjoyed hearing uh, some of the blessing stories shared with me. Right? Last Sunday after church, it was Mother's Day, um, a family took some of the leftover roses. Because we, you know, we passed out roses to the mothers. They took the leftover roses, they went to the park, and they handed them out to, to moms at the park. Okay, what a blessing. Another person, she keeps getting phone calls from people that are evicted. She's praying, Lord, help me be a blessing. And people that are evicted somehow have gotten her phone number and they keep calling her. She's like, I don't know why they keep calling me. I don't know anything. Um, she doesn't know what to do, but she's faithfully walked with them and prayed with them and you know, helped them as she can. So another person has a friend that's been stricken ill and they, they've had to take care of them. Another person helped the person moved, move and then ended up praying with them about their divorce. Okay? We're called to be a blessing. There are needs all around us. Okay? And God's sent you to be that blessing, to help. God has a blessing to bring her to Anchorage. And he's using us to do it. And so like we've been doing throughout this entire series. Um, we're basically going to take, we're going to pause for a minute. Okay, set the timer, we pause for a minute, and just pray. We pray, Lord, give us eyes to see how we can be a blessing, how we can help those. And, Lord, be with you know, the people that we want to bless. Okay, so, right, because we need both things. We need people that we're intentionally choosing to love, but then we just need opportunities to show up. And Lord, help us to have our hearts open to that. And then I'll close this out with prayer. So, just a, well, just a minute and a half. Let's go ahead and start now.
pray for opportunities to demonstrate your goodness and your love, Lord, to care for those around us, to show them who you are, to be ambassadors of your goodness, Lord. Give us eyes to see. Give us mouths to speak. And give us hands to do your work. In Christ's name.